Gentlemen spent a lot of time at the ballpark last week, and there is a lot of tension in this organization. I got that out of my conversation with Joe Polat. I got that uh, being around in the clubhouse, uh, talking to Twins officials, Twins employees, walking around the corridors. There's a lot of pressure on this team to deliver. Uh, this The upper management is very frustrated with this team. This team has really failed to hit at a at any kind of a professional level, they're, they've squandered a lot of good pitching. I, I, it'll be really this is going to be fascinating to see how this team responds to it. Let's get into all of that and what could transpire here in the in the post All Star portion of the schedule with Roy Smalley, former Twins star, current Twins broadcaster, Lavelle Neal, Neal the third. Star Tribune columnist, I'm Jim Suhan from Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. This is TalkNorth.com. Find all the shows and archives of the shows at TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen to. And we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services, All Energy Solar, and thanks to Grain Belt and O'Donovan's for putting on our next live show, 5.30, July 25th. That's a Tuesday night. Uh, right by Target Field there. O'Donovan's a great downtown uh, establishment and tradition. Uh, 5.30 to 6.30, we'll give away some Grain Belt merch. We will give away a, a uh, bobblehead for the best question. We had a great time last time we did a show there. So just drop by, have a beer, ask a question, uh, make fun of Lavelle, whatever you want to do. We do appreciate it. All right, gentlemen. So I think there's a lot of pressure on this team. Um, Roy, what's your view of this team going into this stretch? What's on the line in your eyes? Well, if I think uh, uh, trade is on the line, um, for I, I don't think I know that I think you said last week or or maybe the week before. But it seems like it was last week that um, Twins officials say you know they're not going to do anything. They think uh, that the guys are going to hit up to their potential, uh, what they've done in the past, which means a lot of guys are going to get hotter than blazes the second half. You know, most notably. Carlos Correa um, and um, Buxton, um, but I, I think there's, I think that, you know, based on what you say here about the tension, I didn't really believe that um, <laughs> when you said it, uh, and uh, just because it doesn't, it, it just doesn't look good, and I'm not the kind of guy that says that goes against my long-held belief that a guy's going to hit what he's going to hit by the end of the year. But uh, Buxton is just a little off. I mean, it could be you, – you can have a bad year. Even good players can have a really off year. And uh, for these guys to get back to where they were, uh, where they usually are, is going to take an incredible second-half surge. And the other thing that is – the other piece of this is when you think about what – I mean, it, it's hard to squander this pitching. And you think, how can they be – swing the bats this this badly. Well, Buck, Buck's need obviously is not exactly the same. He's not playing center field, which limits your other DH uh, possibilities uh, in terms of whether, you know, Michael A. Taylor is the best offensive player for this particular game of this particular night. Uh, and uh, Polanco has uh, been hurt. You think about what started and you say, well, look, Miranda's going to be terrific, you know, his second year. And uh, if not, then Royce Lewis is going to be good and and he's hurt. And Polanco, I mean, he look what he's done in his career and he's non-existent. And, and so, and, you know, Kepler has been, 
you know, Kepler. So it's remarkable, really, that the guys are having as, you know, as bad a year, either uh, either performance-wise or injury-wise, as they as they have, and they and they are where they are, and it's all been because. Sorry about that. That's frustrating. All of us fans who thought, man, they've got plenty hitting for for a pitching staff that's going to pitch like this. I think there are reasons for it. Guys are having off years. Guys are hurt, and it's it, it could be it could be one of those things. Well, what do you see happening? What what do you think is on the table here in the second half? Uh, well, I think that uh, I, I I think if um, this team does not win uh, the division and uh, ownership does not show the same patience that it has in the past, um, they've got to look at uh, at everyone here. I believe that the roster, especially from the offensive side, I think they did a great job putting together the rotation. And um, the bullpen projected to be pretty good going into this year with Akala being healthy and Jorge Lopez being back and being the setup guy. Um, but, you know, my issues, I think they're 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 victimizing themselves by how they constructed this roster during the off seasons, but the offense I'm talking about. Um, they're getting they're getting no production from their outfield. I mean, I think the Twins have one of the least productive outfields in baseball. You can, if, if they wanted a bat, they could put a bat in left, right, or center field um, and, and trade trade out good defense for, for some offense. Um, and I think they should be looking at that before the trade deadline. It's not going to be easy. We're not, not sure who's going to be available, if, if it's you know, Adam Duvall who, or whoever. Um, but uh, they can't sit this one out. Uh, I was a little surprised when Falvey said he believes that uh, the best upgrades are already in the clubhouse. Um, just They just need to start playing better in the second half of the season. Uh, I'm not buying that. Uh, knowing Falvey and Levine, since they've been here, they do not like sitting out a trade deadline. Um, they believe that you're either making moves to improve at the deadline or you're, you're regrouping at the deadline. And this team definitely doesn't need to regroup at, at the trade deadline. They need to try to get better. So um, I'm going to plead with them in the paper this weekend to, uh, to uh, push hard to try to do something for the, for the hitters here and, and get them going. I think they've been sitting around telling themselves that, you know, this can't be that bad. It's going to even out. We're going to hit uh, up to our regular capabilities, what we've done historically uh, sooner or later. But you only got like 70 games left in the season. It hasn't happened. So um, you know, so they have to figure out what they need to do to turn things around. These hitters meetings in which the players are taking more control, um, it just hasn't worked. I mean, they had the big meeting after getting swept in Atlanta, and the offense has been worse than it was going into that series. So um, something needs to be shaken up here. Um I know, Jim, you and I were talking in the press box about, uh, you know, uh, if they wanted to change hitting coaches, they probably would hire from within. It'd be so hard to bring in someone from outside, you know, not knowing the hitters and their tendencies and, and you know, how to push their buttons and get the most out of them. And then the Yankees go ahead and fire their hitting coach and hire Sean mm-hmm. Casey. You know, I'm really curious to see how that works. Casey swears he's prepared because of his TV work and having to break down hitters, but you can be a pipe psychologist too, so I don't know. Um, I don't know if he's got how much time he's gonna 
I don't know if he has enough time to build you know relationships with the hitters to the point where he can figure out what what is the right thing to say to certain guys. Um, uh, if the Twins decide to make a move with Popkins, that I'm guessing they would probably hire the AAA hitting coach. You know, and would that work? And unless you're going to have someone from the someone from out of the out of nowhere come in, uh, Paul Molitor, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not trying to f- automatically fire Pop- Popkins, but man, something's got to be done here. So I mean, going forward, they got an easier schedule. Um, they've had time to kind of reflect on the on the first half of the season. They've seen Joe Polat's comments. Um, it's time to start playing with a sense of urgency and proving everyone that uh, they're the best team in the division. It's they won at about a sixty-two percent clip in two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty. Since then, they've won at about a forty-seven percent clip. We've seen a, a, a major fall off. They made a lot of dramatic moves. They've shipped out a lot of hitting. Steer might be their best hitter right now. Uh, Encarnacion Strand would be their best hitting prospect. And Arise, obviously, is the best pure singles hitter in the game. And they traded for pitching, and they have built a great rotation by doing so. I don't think they envisioned missing the hitting this much because they thought these guys would hit. And the fact these guys aren't hitting is tearing everything down. The, the stat, all the, this is the simplest team I've ever analyzed. They're 35 and 11 when they score four more runs or more. They're 10 and 34 when they score three runs or fewer. They just have to score four or five runs a game, and they have the makings of a very good team. I I really think it comes down to this. And you could trade for a hitter, but even if you trade for a hitter, this has to happen. Buxton, Correa, and Polanco have to be the guys who settle and carry your lineup. If those three guys do what they're supposed to do, they don't have to like even make up for the first half. They just hit to their career averages, and stay in the lineup the rest of the way. They probably score four runs a game. If they score four runs a game, they win most of their games. Am I oversimplifying it, Roy? No. If they if they hit to their career averages, there's going to be some absolute fireworks the second half of the season offensively because it's they're, they're so far down. If you you know if you revert to the mean, uh, it, it will be in a in a in a pretty dramatic upward trajectory. And I, so, you know, hopefully, you know, it will, it will play out that way. Just like I've always said about, you know, guys will revert to the mean. They'll hit, they'll hit what they hit. Uh, it looks, it, it looks ugly right now. And, and I'll just go back to what I said at the, at the very start. You're absolutely right, Jim. It's got to be Buxton, Correa, Polanco. And it was going to be those three plus Miranda. And then we're, we're going to fill in around those guys and everything will be fine with this pitching that we have. It's just been, you know, a big oops with uh, those four guys so far. So, I mean, Polanco has got to get healthy and, and, and hit like he hit the second half of the season um, a couple of years ago. And, and uh, Buxton and Correa have got to hit the way they, they have got to revert to the mean. And in the meantime, it's got to be, you know, where's where's Royce Lewis? I mean, it's it's all kind of it's 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 just a big mess because it didn't pan out the way they were absolutely sure it was going to pan out. They got eight players batting under two thirty, and they've got four players batting under two twenty. <laughs> I mean, and you got Joey Gallo who's batting one eighty six. So uh, you the- you look at that, and it's like there's a fundamental problem going on. Absolutely, absolutely right, Lavelle. And and here's the here's the thing. Um, it's 
the the batting averages, the the subpar batting averages are, in my view, a function of this tremendous amount of strikeouts up and down the lineup. You know, every guy, uh, which is the is a function of the 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 approach that they have. You know, at the plate and. This team, I don't believe that this team has the firepower home run wise to overcome the uh, the, the the strikeouts and and their and resulting subpar batting averages. I, if it had been 2019 when they hit over 300 home runs, then they they could have struck out at this pace with this pitching staff and still scored gems you know, 4.2 runs a game or, or more. I, I don't think there would have been any question. But this club isn't built that way. It, it, it doesn't have the, the home run cap- same home run capability. It certainly doesn't have the home run capability to overcome uh, the, uh, the strikeouts, in my opinion. Well, I, and I think that's absolutely right, and it's being, it's being proven here. Um, so let's, let's, add, let's talk about whether they realistically can or should trade for somebody who could help uh, because it's not, uh, as we know from past trade deadlines, it's not as easy as, as people make it out to be. And you end up Correct. trading away prospects that you regret in the end. Uh, let's get to all that. Again, we're coming from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Scott here for Aquarius Home Services. Fantastic news. We're having a Kinetico Midsummer Mega Sale. Ready for worry-free water, spotless dishes, and softer clothes? Ready for purified drinking water and removing contaminants like lead in those forever chemicals you hear about on the news? Now through August 12th, Aquarius is taking 25% off Kinetico whole home water treatment systems. And as your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, it all starts with a free water analysis. Schedule today at KineticoMN.com. I also want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach or just go to allenergysolar.com and learn everything you need to learn about going solar for your business or your home. Uh, and once again, 530, July 25th, Tuesday night. 530 to 630 at O'Donovan's downtown, right near Target Field. Uh, we're going to run another Chin Music show live. We will give away a bobblehead and some other merch. Thanks to Grain Belt for sponsoring that. Thanks to O'Donovan's for hosting it. So uh, I've talked to a few Twins people about, you know, the, the easy, fun rumor to throw out there is Paul Goldschmidt, right? He's got one more year after under contract after this year. He'd be the Nelson Cruz type figure. You'd stick in the middle of your lineup, play him at first base every day. The whole lineup would immediately get better, assuming he still has juice in the tank. To get him, though, you would probably have to trade away Royce Lewis or Brooks Lee or both, uh, which could really set the franchise back. Is, is mm-hmm. that? Do you think it's even a realistic consideration? Let's start with Lavelle this time. I, I just think as soon as you ask for anyone who's a credible hitter, um, as you point out, the, the, they're going to ask for Lee or Lewis in return. And you also have, helps have to keep in mind here that the Twins have just spent the last couple of years trading prospects. They've pretty much have depleted their infield uh, prospects, trading Encarnacion and Steel Steer. They traded a, a former number one first round pick in Chase Petty to get Sonny Gray. Uh, if you decide to trade Brooks Lee, uh, that's two first round picks in like the last, what, four years? that you would have dealt, um, you know, that has ramifications for, for the rest of your, your farm system. I know the draft's 20 rounds and 
and a first round doesn't always make a draft, but in terms of having top end talent, top end prospects, um, you still, um, you've depleted your resources or your commodities. You can deal to get a hitter. So it's, it's easier said than done. Um, but they they gotta they gotta look at this and they gotta try. I, I do expect them to land maybe some bullpen help. Um, but uh actually the bullpen actually is fair fairly well. <laughs> that last game against Baltimore, notwithstanding. Um, but it it's it's gonna be tough sledding, man. Uh because in the next couple of years, I mean, there's some people there over there that feel like the next couple of years they're gonna look at their farm system and go, man. Uh, we're here like middle of the pack, uh, bottom uh, bottom half of the league league now in terms of uh, strength of farm system. So uh, it is, uh, it's it's almost I don't want to say it's a hopeless situation, but it's going to be they're going to have to bite the bullet and maybe uh, deal a, a top guy if they want to figure out a way to help this offense. I don't think they're going to do that. I think the I think the bed's been made and and uh, they they um, as much as I. As much as I said, you know, before I I didn't really believe that they so when they said they're just going to stick with it. I to Lavelle's point, I don't know what they can do about it. They can't they can't trade away um, Royce Lewis or Brooks Lee uh, for an aging Paul Goldschmidt. This ha- that's they have to pay that kind of money. They they just can't. And so I think I think they're I, I think they're kind of stuck. And you know it, there could be some minor deal. I mean when you think about it. It wouldn't take much of a hitter right now. It doesn't have to be Goldsmith. It wouldn't take much uh, for um, you know for more offense to be injected. So I, I don't think it's going to be Goldsmith. And I will just say this about Lavelle's point about the the, the farm system uh, being depleted. It, this goes back to how bad the big league team was and how depleted their farm system was. You know when Falvey and Levine you know, got here. They didn't have anybody, any minor leaguers to trade for anybody that could help the club very much at, at that time. And Falvey and Levine set about, you know, trying to, you know, rectify that. And they traded players and got, and got minor league bodies and they made some good drafts and, and they got to the point where both from a player and a pitcher standpoint, you know, we talked about this before, they, they got themselves in real good shape and, and, and guys developed, on the field at the major league level and they had a they, they have a nice team and then they depleted now when you get there i mean this goes in cycles they went from you know they went from nothing to a lot and they did a great thing a great job of trading some of their a lot uh for pitching and they got that settled they thought they had it because they they thought they had the hitters and the hitters haven't worked out uh, you know so uh, you, you're going to deplete your farm system every once in a while, trying to make the right moves. They've done that. Now they got pitching, and they don't have enough probably to go out and get a you know a top flight uh, top flight hitter. So I I think now they have to stand pretty pat with the minor leagues you know uh, prospects you know really good prospects that they have, and 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 think about think about it another way. Roy, how long do you how long do you let uh, Walner and Larnick simmer? St. Paul. Well, I, you know, at, at some point in time, you have to say, I, I think the biggest, the biggest glaring, I mean, glaring uh, example of non-offense is, is the way Joey Gallo is, is swinging it. And, and, you know, we all knew and said and knew that he was going to hit, you know, 200 and some, and, and then, 
you know, hopefully hit 30 home runs or more. And, you know, they, we didn't, we didn't anticipate 187 uh, and uh, the home runs being, you know, not as numerous to make up for that. So, you know, I, I think that's where they're going to have to make a, uh, a decision. I know they like his defense, but at some point in time, if you haven't got offense and you can't go out and get a, a, a you know, somebody you have to look at, well, we've got these guys. I mean, that's a left-hander for a left-hander. Uh, left-hand hitter for left-hand hitter. So it's so it's just a question of who's gonna who's gonna provide the best combination of offense and defense and bring them up here and, and try to help win games. So to answer your question, Lavelle, I don't think too much longer. I, I don't see how they I don't I don't see how they can wait if they can't make a deal. How can and they they've got guys that are swinging it the way uh, they are down there. Yeah, you know, um, you know, and I think. You know, I, I don't think Kepler is too far from, you know, being considered, you know, too. So to answer your question, I don't think very much longer. And that's the interesting thing is as bad as Gallo has been, as many, much, many times as he's struck out, his OPS is still yards higher than Kepler's is. Kepler, despite the brief burst he gave him uh, about a week and a half ago, his OPS is 688, second worst OPS he's ever had behind last year's 666, the mark of the devil. Uh, I mean, he's just he's just not producing. And even even when he gets hot for a week, it doesn't really alter the, the overall numbers. He's not producing. Uh, he's a good defensive player. I tend to think he's a little overrated defensively because people always cite his defense as the reason he could stick around. Um, you know, but so between yeah, Lavelle said it earlier. You know, Taylor is a defensive player. Uh, playing because Buxton isn't playing. Gallo and Kepler are both playing run-producing slots and not producing runs. And that you know that. And when you add that to all the other offensive problems we've had, that's that's how you end up 24th in runs scored in the major leagues. And the other thing too is that I think it's safe to say that neither Gallo or Kepler are going to be on the roster next year. Right. So there's nothing wrong with biting a bullet for the last two and a half months of the regular season. And you guys have, you know, we've seen Larnick come up and down and he's had his moments and he's also slumped. It felt like Walner was figuring it out when he got sent down. Now that can fool you. Anybody can get hot for a week or a weekend or whatever. Do you guys have faith that Walner could make an impact? I, I tend to, he tends to be the guy who gets me the most excited when I think about somebody coming up and helping out at this moment. Right? I think he, go, go, ahead. go ahead, Lavelle. I think he can definitely help. Um, and he went down to St. Paul. Don't forget, when they sent him down, he had just reached base in like, what, nine consecutive play appearances? Eight or nine, yep. Yeah. And um, he went down to uh, St. Paul and continued to hit. You know, there was no drop-off. There was no wolves. Me, I just got sent down. And he, he, didn't, he wasn't defiant. He just said, I'm going to make their decisions hard as hell. And he is still producing there. Um, he was taking great at-bats. He's putting the ball in play. He's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, I I think he definitely would help. I think either him or Larnick. I think I think both both those guys could come up here and hit at least two forty, which would be light years above most of the guys in the lineup. So um, I'm at the point I'd like to see both of them in the lineup right now. I think that Walner is uh, is uh, interesting in that. Yeah, I, 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 there's just this caveat. I mean, if you're hot in the big leagues, so whatever he did in that weekend or, you know, the eight or nine uh, on base uh, in a row streak that he had, when you're, when you're feeling that good at the big league level, when you go to AAA, as long as your head's on straight, you're going to annihilate AAA. I mean, if he's feeling that good at the big league level, it, then, then AAA is, you know, no match 
for him. And I think he's hitting his way out of AAA and deserves a shot at the big leagues again. You just you don't know because big league pitchers now, I mean, look at the all-star game. Look at the dominance of pitchers. And there's a lot of reasons why they do that now because, you know, pitchers are pitching, you know, a new pitcher every inning. But it's it's rare even when they pitchers were pitching you know more innings uh, in the All Star game you didn't get a lot of at bats off of you know you didn't get too many guys that had a second at bat against the starting pitcher anyway so I mean All Star All Star uh, hitting is tough but when you look at the dominance that the pitchers have had in the All Star games recently the, the pitching is really good in the big leagues right now really good so I think you know hitting a Triple A uh, doesn't translate quite as well now, depending on the guy, uh, as uh, as maybe it, it it used to. And so, you know, we saw you know Miranda tear up AAA, come up here, uh, look like he was going to be a real good uh, major league hitter, and then just lose it. And it happens. And I think that Walner deserves a shot. I'd like to see him up here. But I don't, I don't have AAA numbers uh, expectations for for Walner uh, when if, if and when he were to, were getting the lineup. I think to use Lavelle's bite the bullet phrase, I, I think that the bullet biting is we're going to let him play for you know two and a half months and see what we got here because we need we need something. As a minor leaguer, he's got an eight ninety nine OPS. To me, that says he's he's ready for a stretch in the majors well yeah it says that it says that he doesn't belong there you know he he has hit his way past triple a and there you know we'll just see if he it also makes it through that twilight zone of yeah you're too good for triple a but it's not the same in the big league so we'll just we'll have good he's going to have to prove that but uh i i think when you do what he did he deserves a shot all right, last topic for the day. We are actually going to talk about pitching, even though hitting is the major problem facing this team. Once again, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Remember to subscribe. We do appreciate you listening. So here's – I know from talking to some Twins employees, there's this lurking worry that, okay, the pitching was dominant in the first half. Starting rotation was fantastic. But, you know, if that slips at all, then the challenge for this team becomes much bigger. And Sonny Gray pitched great in the All-Star game. Uh, he pitched great in April, May, June, early July. He his numbers are pretty average. Uh, Joe Ryan toward the end of the first half had a couple of really bad outings. Bailey Overs never pitched more than like a hundred innings in a professional season. Myatt is coming off an injury, um, and I think there's a lot of optimism in the organization that Pablo Lopez is going to really pitch well from here on out. His underlying numbers are very good, uh, mm-hmm. and he pitched well his last time. But but there are some there. I would be a little concerned about Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan being able to continue doing what they've done so far. Let's start with Roy. What do you think? I don't know if they'll do what they've done so far. I think they're going to be uh, they're going to be good enough to uh, to be strong members of uh, uh, this or or any rotation. I, I, I'll start with Joe. Um, he's going to give up home runs. He's going to he's to, for, to me. He's kind of like. Uh, what Robin Roberts or Fergie Jenkins uh, in the old days, you know, they were around the plate all the time. Uh, they didn't throw uh, overpowering hard. They just, in, in both of their cases, they were, they pinpoint control and had good, you know, secondary pitches. And 
Right, but when they threw the ball down the middle, it got it, it, they gave up home runs. Bert Blylevin was you know always the same way. He did he just he would throw some balls, some fastballs down the middle, and the guys were sitting on it because they couldn't hit his curveball anyway, and it ended up in the seats. But the stuff is you know with for all those guys was there, and I think the stuff for these guys and particularly Joe, I think it's I think it's there. I don't think consistently guys are going to hit his fastball up in the strike zone. When he comes down in the middle of the zone, they're going to they're going to hit it because they're all the hitters are all concerned about how sneaky that fastball is. And when they get it down in the zone, it's not as sneaky. And and they're 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 hunting fastballs, you know, down, you know, down in the middle. So um, I, I think that he can stay out of the middle enough times. It will all depend on his ability to continue to pitch right at the top of the zone with his fastball or on the corners. Uh, and then uh, the the continued development of his of his you know sweeper slider whatever you you want to call the breaking ball and his changeup and and I I think it's good enough I I really do I mean he, he's he with that stuff I don't believe he can uh, he can go twenty one and four I mean I just I, I don't think he can but in today's game you know can he win fifteen sixteen you know ball games yeah I I, I think he can or pitch like he like he deserves to win that many games. And I think I still think Sonny, you know, is he's going to have some games where he that we've seen the last, you know, the last few weeks where he he loses, you know, that great command of all six pitches that he has. And and his biggest trouble it has become, you know, walks and, and two and on three one counts. But he also he's tough and he also has the ability to when he's, you know, to get you into the fifth inning when he doesn't have his best stuff. So, uh you know, it, I just think it's what your, you know, what your expectations are. I don't expect Joe Ryan, you know, to win 20 games. And I don't expect uh, Sonny to win 20 games. But I expect them to keep their, their teams in the ballpark a great, in the ball game a great majority of the time, even through the second half. Yeah, I, I'm more fired up about Sonny maintaining or pitching. I mean, his last five starts to get a 4-5 ERA, which, you know, isn't great. But he, he's pitched so well uh, for the majority of the season. I, I just think he's got a chance of sustaining it. Um, the challenge with him is that he throws six different pitches. So, you know, trying to figure out what's working on a daily basis may take a couple of innings, but other than that, um, you know, he, he, he's a pros pro out there. He knows what he's doing. He can hit spots. Um, he can pitch around batters if he wants to. I, I just, I, I, I like his pitch ability and I like um, the chances of him um, sustaining things. Joe Ryan is a interesting case because you know, he's not a super overpowering guy. He's just got that fastball with the with the weird movement on it that no one can pick up. Um, and he's really pitched fine, you know, this first half. His two clunker outings have come against good offenses. Uh, the Atlanta game when he got ambushed uh, for home runs in the first inning. And then um, uh, at home against the Orioles, which is another, which is another you know, good hitting lineup. Um, throughout those two starts, and he's, you know, he's got spectacular numbers. So, um Although I, you know, I'm still still impressed with what he's achieved, you know, in his short career with the Twins, um, incredibly talented. And uh, if I was worried about regression, I, I would kind of worry with him because um, he doesn't have the super savvy that Sonny has, and uh, he's not really that overpowering um, as a starter. Although he has struck out. That start against Baltimore was weird. He struck out ten batters and gave up like five runs. It was just weird. Um, but I, I like watching him pitch. I like he's not afraid to compete. He's going to go at hitters. Uh, he's going to mix in his other stuff. 
Um, but I, I like I like Gray's chances of running uh, with this a little further as the season goes along. And yeah, I think I think Pablo Lopez is set up to pitch very well. I think uh, the, during the first half he got bit by um, one inning where you know things will fall apart, then he would be fine the rest of the outing. But that one bad inning would kill him. And part of it's because you know the Twins' offense isn't can't can't uh, can't bail out a pitcher right now. But uh, um. Ober is a concern. I think if you talk to some twins coaches, they will tell you that, you know, they're, they're going to, have to watch him going forward here uh, just because he's not used to um, uh, the workload. And Jim, I think you were, you were nearby when someone mentioned that uh, they noticed his velocity had dipped in his last outing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that is a, a concern with Mr. Ober going forward. The, 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 the one guy who could, could be an X factor is Maeda. Uh, Maeda knows what he has. He knows he's not going to touch 93 anymore. Um, he hides that fastball. Uh, and he, he's been pretty good with his changeup and his breaking stuff as far as hitting spots. And he's got enough experience to just use savvy, you know, to compete in games. So and that could be important for the Twins going down the stretch, I think. I just want to go back, if I could, real quickly to a point that Lavelle made about uh, Joe Ryan. And it kind of, it is another way of, uh, I think, um, it being an example of uh, of what I said about Joe and why I, I'm not as I'm not as concerned about him not uh, pitching well enough for the for the team to to win. You know, down the stretch, strike out ten guys, give out give up five runs, and the re- and so it's it's just a tale of um, fastball and slider location to a couple of guys. Uh, that resulted in, you know, in, in big run producing uh, hits on, another, in a, on a day where otherwise he proved that his stuff can get out big league hitters, uh, a good big league hitters, a good Oriole hitting lineup, ambushed him a little bit, uh, which is going to happen with Joe periodically if he hangs a slider or he throws a fastball kind of middle, thigh high middle. Uh, but the other times in that game, I mean, he was throwing it. Uh, 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 to good hitters up in the zone, they couldn't hit it. They was coming in on him. He was hit, he was hitting the outside corner, and his secondary stuff worked okay. So I mean, that's a great example of you know kind of a microcosm of you know what's going to happen with him. I think the second half of the season is he's he's going to have to be good with his fastball. It, he's just going to have to be good location wise, and when he is. Um, I don't think it matters. And, and, you know, the Atlanta Braves game was the same way. They ambushed him on fastballs early because, you know, he wants to throw his fastball. He wants to establish it. You get good fastball hitters up there and get one in the middle of the zone, and they're, they're not going to miss it. He gets, he, he's dominated a lot of other teams that can't swing the bats like those guys uh, can because he gets a, that ball down the middle gets fouled back or, you know, or something, and then he finishes them off. And that's going to be the – the way he pitches against the really against the teams that aren't they can't swing the bats the way the Braves and the Orioles can he's going to be really good against good team good hitting teams he's just going to have to be extra good with his location hey good stuff guys we're going to have a lot to talk about the next few months uh trades possible trades uh how this team performs against an easier schedule the rest of the way they do have a a favorable schedule the rest of the way. This team should win the division. And if they don't, uh, we might have a very busy offseason. So thanks to Roy. Thanks to Lavelle. Thanks to Brandon. And thank you for listening. 